Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach and Adam. Welcome. Hey, that was, that was a, a muted way to start the show. I, 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 like I want that. us to be calm. I want us to be considerate. I want us to be even-tempered today because I'm going to be honest, Adam, this is a hard one for me. This this episode is, is a difficult this episode, one? This episode's going to be hard because one of us is going to have to die. Um, <gasps> this this episode and everything forward, we're, we're creeping up on 150. We're on, we're on the sesquicentennial uh, coming soon. And it's important that only the strong uh, make it that far. So, <laughs> Adam, because, because this episode is about Apocalypse... The, only the strong survive, and unfortunately for you, there are challenges ahead of you. There is a specific oh, challenge. No. Oh uh, no! <laughs> and because because I like dramatic irony, um, I'm going to take that challenge in the form of something you have been challenging the world with to see if you are as fit as you believe it you are, and that is with X Men trivia. What? You know I don't know the answers to any of those questions. <laughs> well, look. Oh no, I'm look, doomed. I I I am the challenge master and I will make sure that one of us will be able to live into episode 150 into Apocalypse's great dream world for the mutant kind. Uh <laughs> and you know what? If if I use my brains to figure out what the best challenge should be so that I can live and you can die, uh that's that's what we're gonna have to do. So we're gonna have to get started, Adam. Are you ready for, um, for the trials of apocalypse? I guess I better drink up a vial of uh, of his blood to make myself immune. I'm so scared. Go ahead. You should be. Question one. There are three questions. There are three multiple choice answers for each question. I need you to listen to the whole question and all of the options before you answer. Failure to comply will result in you losing this challenge and me having to find a new co-host for the future. <laughs> I don't even make it through the... I don't even get to the beginning of the episode. All right, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, we're going to have to live this one out because you've already read this stuff. But afterwards, it's right over to the guillotines, bud. Oh, boy. All right. Question one. What is Apocalypse's middle name? A. Horus. B. Osiris. C. Gerald. It's not Sabah? <laughs> Where is Sabah? A. Horus. Uh-huh. B. Osiris. C. Gerald. I don't know. I'm going to guess Osiris. Oh, I'm sorry. The actual answer was C. Gerald. You're off to a bad start, Adam. Gerald? Let's if, That's let's not see, right. Let's see if you can redeem yourself. Question two. In the movie X-Men Apocalypse, actor Oscar Isaac said he was inspired by which performer in his portrayal of N. Sabah Gerald Noor? <laughs> A. Paul Freeman. B. John Reese davies Or C. Dame Judi Dench. I'm going to go with Judi Dench. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. The actual correct answer was A, Paul Freeman, who oh, no. so exquisitely portrayed Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, so you're you're down too. Let's see. Let's see if you I think can, I'm already dead. Let's see if I can get the third one right. Let's see if you can right. get any dignity out of this. <laughs> what show did Apocalypse just recently finish binge watching? A, Lost. B, New Girl. Or C. Avatar, the last airbender. I mean, I don't really take him for a, a comedy guy, so I don't think he watched New Girl. Uh, Lost, he probably caught up on that already. Let's go with uh, Avatar. Oh, I'm sorry. The correct answer was B. He sees himself as a what? Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. 
Uh, and that's the problem here. Adam, you went 0 for 3 in the Trials of Apocalypse, uh, which means no. you, you are going to be summarily executed at the end of this episode, and we will have to find new co-hosts unless we can properly rank these three X-Men stories. I think that's the only way we can be redeemed. Oh, geez. I, I hope I can make it up to the world. This is very embarrassing. It is embarrassing for you. It's not embarrassing, <laughs> though, for Patreon supporter Will. Will went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files and threw money at us to say, y'all, I'd like you to talk about the first comic that we're going to talk about on these comics that we're going to talk about, and that is Wolverine the Jungle Adventure. Yes. Finally. You're very excited about Wolverine the Jungle Adventure, aren't you? I mean, I don't, I, I want to say that like when we just started the show, we were like, what should we do? What should we do? And I was like, we should do the Wolverine jungle adventure. And then we kind of got into our themed thing. And then we got into the Patreon thing. And I am so happy that someone requested this. I love this book. Just in time for you to perish. I appreciate that. I think it's, it's a good. good. It's like a last meal, you know, before I uh, head off down, down the green mile. So, uh, <laughs> who's this by? Uh, for this people is, who don't know. This is, uh, your send-off is by Walter Simonson uh, doing the writing. Uh, Mike Mignola is doing the pencils. Bob Wycheck is doing them inks. I really love how the cover uh, does not say, the inside credit says Mike. The cover says Michael. Very formal. Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> bouncing around on that. By the time he starts the Hellboy. Uh, by the time him and John Byrne do start Hellboy, uh, and John Byrne would leave and Hellboy would get better from there, uh, he was going by Mike well, yeah, pretty I mean, solidly at that point. Yeah. Yeah, well, by the time he gets to Wolves of St. August, which is my favorite, uh, Mike's got it down. He knows what he's doing. Wolves um, of St. August is pretty good. Oh, oh it's so good. It's so good. The um, corpse so is, is really good. Pancakes is really most of, okay look y'all if you're gonna buy one hellboy you could buy the conqueror worm and that's great you could buy uh the right hand of doom you could buy hellboy in hell uh you could buy uh the seed of destruction but what you really need to do is buy uh the hellboy of volume two library edition mm-hmm uh, which has the corpse, the wolves of St. August, and all of the good Hellboy stories. All of the best Hellboy stories are in that one. Agreed, 100%. Um, and this particular 1989 book really catches him on the, his hitting his stride before he gets right into Hellboy uh, with Dark Horse. So um, this is an interesting one. Walt Simonson uh, showing off his love for the dinosaurs here. Uh, do you know, okay, do you know why dinosaurs are in this? <laughs> well, uh, I assume it's because Wolverine has is having an adventure in the Savage Land. Okay, yes, but do you know why this is the specific story that these specific creators have chosen to tell? Uh, I'm assuming there's a backstory here. It is. Uh, I believe it was Bob Harris. Uh, saw Mike Mignola in the Marvel offices one day when he was dropping off some pages and he said, Mike, I need a, I need a, I need someone to do a Wolverine special. You want to draw it? And Mike sat there being a cocky young lad said, I mean, no, I don't really like Wolverine, but I'll do it if you can get Walt Simonson to write it and I can draw dinosaurs. (laughs) And And then they did. It's like the secret. That's wish fulfillment one oh one. Great. He just job, pitched Mike. it right there. He said, I mean, I just I just want Walt Simonson to work with me because I do love his Thor, probably. I don't know. And then I also want to draw dinosaurs, something both Walt Simonson and Mike Mignola do love. I was going to say, you know that Walt loves dinosaurs, too, especially after they appeared uh, for several issues in his Fantastic Four run. So especially after great... his signature is a dinosaur. Yeah, that too. Right. Uh, so the the basic plot here is that uh, Wolverine uh, is kind of, I guess, attacked or, or prevents an attack by a, a cyborg um, ends up sort of tracking this lighter. Uh, that he got from from Shield back to the Savage Land. It fell uh, out of and then, yeah, it fell. He wanted it, right, right. And then he uh, he ends up uh, leading 
this sort of uh, clan of people that are living the in the Savage fire. Land. <laughs> you're, you're talking uh, about the Tribe of Fire. fire. The Tribe of Fire, uh, cohabitating with Gak or Gok. How do you, how do you say G-A-H-C-K? Gak. 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 And then, uh, of, of, of all the strange things he could be doing here, he ends up battling uh, a robot clone of Apocalypse. Yeah, so the Tribe of Fire in the Savage Land, one, Wolverine does uh, soundly defeat Gehek in combat, uh, but and that makes him the head of the Tribe of Fire, and Gehek respects this and says, I only want to be with the strongest man, and then he's like, you're a woman? And he's like, okay. <laughs> let's 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 let me show you my savage land and uh they do conceive a child that wolverine is to this day unaware of yes uh i capitalized on that particular plot point um and there's a, there is a marvel universe article that uh talks about who this character is the child that appears for one panel on the last page of never this been book, named in any official marvel nope. thing Nope. So the Marvel nope. Wikia calling him Arista is absolutely wildly just pulling that out of non-canonical sources. Uh, but Wolverine and the Tribe of Fire do hunt some dinosaurs and find out that the dinosaurs are robot dinosaurs, which does lead him to Apocalypse, who's actually a robot Apocalypse. Apocalypse here does heavily imply that he's behind uh, Wolverine getting his claws. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting, and isn't yeah. the way that they went because they decided Romulus was a good idea, which is not it, folks. That's not it. Should have yeah. been Apocalypse. Would have been great. I mean, Would have been Apocalypse tighter. to start off with is kind of wildly out of. It, it's so weird that even though Walt Simonson is writing this book, the like robot clone of Apocalypse is is. I feel like very out of character of Apocalypse. To be fair, when Apocalypse's hologram shows up, he tells Wolverine, yeah, that that robot clone, man, he was malfunctioning something fierce. (laughs) He's a wacky character, huh? Yeah, Um, I don't know about that one. To your point, Wolverine does find uh, an adamantium skull um, in the volcano lair. Yes, this story has a volcano lair. uh, After... He uh, really just tears the Apocalypse clone uh, to shreds. It's great. Hey, Adam. Do you know what's, yeah. do you know what I like about this comic? I mean, the artwork is amazing. Yeah, the, it's uh, pretty. The writing is fun. It's pretty. It's so pretty. I love Mike Mignola's art. Don't you? I do. In fact, I try to track down. I don't think I have it all at this point, but I'm making a a darn good attempt to collect just about everything he makes because I I love his stuff. And I do wish uh, selfishly that he had done a couple more X projects. Um, He did a lot of covers for classic, at least. He did, um, and I believe he did some stuff with Alpha Flight, and we know, of course, that he did that that great uh, fill-in issue for X-Force. Yeah, the best best issue of X-Force that the Rob is credited for. (laughs) Well, he, in in Rob's defense, he did the uh, breakdowns, so that's wild. Well, he uh, did the the breakdowns, but have you seen the comparison of, like, Rob's breakdowns versus the actual pages? Oh, yeah, it's it's wild. It's... It's it's clearly a difference. It's very interesting. I'm not even saying good or bad, though. I tend to like uh, just about everything Mike Mignola draws better than just about anything Rob Liefeld draws. Uh, but it's very interesting to see the two creators with their two very distinct and very different styles. Because I can't think of, like, besides the fact that they're both pretty exaggerated, the tones that Mignola and... Uh, life out go for are just they're like opposites oh yeah big time big time um but this is all i mean simonson is just playing to all of mignola's strengths here oh he's uh, having a blast he's like great it, i get to do a pulpy dinosaur <laughs> story great let's go wolverine you're gonna get eaten by a dinosaur and then claw your way out yeah, this is obviously like two people having the time of their life writing this book. You know, it just <laughs> is so clearly a labor of love. Um, it's fun. It's funny. It's not taking itself seriously at all. Um, it's not 
particularly like meaningful to the longer uh, canon of the character, like most it's Wolverine not. specials. And that's okay. It's it's just a really good time. Like if just... if you are looking for uh, a fantastic, fun Wolverine story, you could do a heck of a lot worse than this one. Yeah, you really could. Uh, also, they list the antagonist of this comic on the Marvel Wikia as a dinosaur. A parentheses, dinosaur? a dino like a as in the indefinite article dinosaur yeah only appearance that's the villain that's the, the villain of oh. the antagonist is this one specific dinosaur and it is that dinosaur's only appearance okay well maybe somebody can go and and fix his cyborg body and uh he could come back maybe he would be b dinosaur i <laughs> i like that <laughs> That would be a deep cut, but, but or okay, okay, hold on, Swarm, Swarm, the uh, the tentative spider man villain. You know, he's he's a Nazi made of bees who are also yes. Nazis, right? Uh, right. Maybe he can go and use his bees to possess the robot body that's probably just chilling in the Savage Land, and then it can definitely be bee dinosaur dinosaur i like that this is no good. you don't it's bad hey where should no, we rank great. this bad boy though <laughs> all right well let's take a look at our gigantic list how many stories we got on this thing now zach yeah we have 372 stories on our list the number one story is the dark phoenix saga uh, the 100th story these are all from best to worst by the way the 100th story is exterminators uh, the 200th story is Legion Quest. The 300th story is The Life and Times of Lucas Bishop. And 372 is The Draco. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. All right. Talk to me. Is this better than Legion Quest? Yes, definitely. Oh, Is this yeah. better than exterminators yeah i kind of think so oh definitely yes is it better than mojo mayhem mojo mayhem is currently at 86 that's excalibur mojo mayhem a book that came out about the same time as this one um let's see yeah i think we can go higher than that um i'm looking up the list and I think it's better than Mojo Mayhem, if I'm going to answer your question. <laughs> um, Is it better than X-Men Alpha Flight at 75? Yes. Mm. No? I'm, I, I think it is, but I think we're about in the right area. I think, so at number 67, we have Examinations from X-Factor. Yeah. And I think that's probably a better story than this. And there's a few up there that I like a lot. This is, I would say this huh. is better than 72 X factor volume three, one through six, the longest night. Yup. I think it's better than the world tour arc of ultimate X-Men. That's fair. Um, I don't think it's my ceiling is going to be number 69. Nice. Uh, the Legion arc of New Mutants. I think the Legion arc has some of the same strengths in that it has incredible, gorgeous storytelling and art, but the Legion arc is more meaningful as a whole and hits on tighter emotional beats and is probably better of a story. I think you've hit a perfect spot for this uh, because... We're, we're, we're pairing it up against another artistic superstar with Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, I mean, if I was going to just lead with my heart, I would probably go a little bit higher. But I also have to think logistically that this story is is like it's a little bit of a fluff story. You know, there's not a lot of, of it there, sure there. is an annual, <laughs> right? Like it's it's so much fun. Um, so I think that's a good place. So that would make it our new number 70. So you're you're. You're you're just gonna skip over the fact that I did not say it was better than the Glob Herman solo series Next Gen from Age of X Band, which it is, but it is, it is. It is, but it makes me sad to say those words out loud in that order. <laughs> love me some Glob, love me some Age of X Man. 
Uh, I miss I miss my pink boy. He's not been in comics in a little bit, and I'm afraid there haven't been comics in a bit. So we got um, there's comics. Comics are back, baby. Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard the good word? We got like a comic. We'll we'll get some more. They're coming. I have had a comic every week for the last three weeks. It's been fine. I want more. (laughs) It was very satisfying to get an X Men comic. Uh, this last That's what week. I'm talking about. That's what we need. We got that Marauders. You know that they are pirates. Heck yeah. Oh, it's Very good. exciting stuff. I uh, missed Marauders. Where should we go next? I, I feel like that that last story uh, had some apocalypse in it, uh, albeit robot clone. Uh, we should probably keep talking about apocalypse. Well, the last one had his body. It had his, yes. it had his robot body. This one's going to be a bit different. It's going to have his blood. And with those two things, yeah. we, can, we can make our own apocalypse. Uh, you know, <laughs> this, is his, this is his body shredded by adamantium claws for you. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of him. This is his blood, the symbol of his new covenant with mankind of who shall be the strongest. Do this as often as you drink this cup in remembrance of him and Sabah Gerald Noor. Who's going to show up on your doorstep uh, in a uh, flying Sphinx spaceship? <laughs> yeah, you see, that's where this whole communion uh, thing breaks <laughs> apart. Uh, the metaphor just stops working because as far as scripture is concerned, Jesus never said he'd do that. Uh, oh, boy. This this uh, comes to us from the Book of X-Men, uh, chapter 182 to 187. Uh, it's the Blood of Apocalypse, uh, written by Peter Milligan, with pencils by Salvador La Roca, uh, with backups uh, in each issue uh, by Aaron Leprezi, Pascal Ferry, Clayton Henry, uh, Paul Pelletier, uh, Casey Jones, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, all. that's so, all the backups. Uh, I had it wrong. Like, what you had what wrong? I. I thought there was one more, but it wasn't. Hey, this is the Peter Milligan arc of X-Men. Uh, you remember Peter Milligan uh, from being incredibly good on X-Statics, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. That's a that's a fun book. Uh, very insightful. Very uh, interesting. Capturing the zeitgeist of the moment. You remember All New Dupe? Uh, that uh, thing that I do have a poster of on my wall that is staring at me, and my one-year-old finds it fascinating. Uh, you remember <laughs> I... that very good story he did? I do. I remember that as well. You know, you know how like he's like talented and a good writer and we have to keep that at our forefront. I do because folks, this is not good. It's bad actually. Uh, so the bad. decimation has happened. Uh Scarlet Witch did say her magic words and all the X-Men have gone away and there's only a handful left. The 198. Uh, the 198. <laughs> An apocalypse. Apocalypse uh, does come to the X-Men in his flying sphinx with his stone man, Osmandias. Man, we're getting a lot of Osmandias here. He's yeah. uh, He just keeps showing up on every episode. I feel like he we've does. mentioned him more within the last couple weeks than we ever have before. He's not interesting, right? Like, he's a bad oh, character. He's, he's awful. There's he's nothing awful. about he's a glorified him. Glorified secretary who walks around. At least here, he kind of like is is plotting against Apocalypse, but it's not. I it's guess not interesting. I don't care about the rich inner life of Ozymandias, the stone man that Apocalypse cursed once because he was mean to him. I think Apocalypse was sleeping with his sister. I'm trying to remember the Rise of Apocalypse by Terry Kavanaugh. But I am coming up blank. Uh, when we get to that, we'll talk about Osmandias and his whole deal. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't matter now because Apocalypse is offering his blood. Uh, sure. For a very specific reason. Because he's going to unleash pestilence across the world, a.k.a. Uh, Polaris. And, we don't know that uh, until the he, end. She's wearing a very dumb costume. Yeah, basically uh, a rag. Uh, she's she's wearing a hooded uh, cloak. Hey, do you know how, do you know how, uh, he got, he got pestilence to be his new pestilence? I don't, I don't know. Was that in this story or before it? It's the story right before it. Uh, Polaris was having a rough brain time, uh, and did see a green bulbous floating potato (laughs) in the woods 
named Dap. Not dupe. D A A P. Dap. Has that ever been explained? No. Do we know That's what so Dap weird. was? No. Do we know <laughs> why Dap looked like dupe? No. Do we know why Dap was working with Apocalypse to capture mutants? We really don't. It's, Dap is not in this uh, this arc we are rating here. No. Dap has never appeared again, and I hate Dap. Anyway, that's uh. just how Polaris is there. Apocalypse gets other uh, horse horses, horsey men. Uh, his famine is uh, Shiro Yoshida. You know him. Right, he, from Age of Apocalypse design, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. They gave him that design back, and that was supposed to stick. And then no one used Sunfire for a while, so then... And okay, they what kills about me? It, I guess. What kills me? <laughs> no one uses Sunfire for a while, and Rick Remender brings that guy back for Uncanny Avengers, and he's wearing his old costume. And then at the end of Uncanny Avengers, he also gets transformed into good costume Sunfire. <laughs> Just everybody wants to take credit for that uh, creative decision. And then uh, immediately afterwards, Jeff Lemire changes him back to his bad clothes, and I do not like that. Oh my god. So uh, the the war character here is a uh, just a random astronaut alien who yeah we're talking about Apocalypse Gazer found yes Gazer, uh, but the the most fun of the, <laughs> of the, the the horseman, which is probably the reason you want to check this arc out, is because Gambit becomes Death. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He has a, a toxic aura. That that comes from him. Sure. Um, he has he has uh, he has death farts. Uh, is the thing <laughs> that people don't remember about it. The thing people don't remember about that time that Gambit was death is that he had a cloud of gas around him that would kill anyone. Probably because oh he ate way too much jambalaya. It's terrible, and and he's so bad at it. Like he can't. Such do a bad the, death. He can't Those red the, beans and rice are just. They're just taking people down. <laughs> like, at least Archangel can do the job for a couple issues. Like, Gambit can't even do the job for a couple panels before he's like, I'm Gambit. <laughs> like, I'm not Death. I'm Gambit, and I love Rogue. I can't do this bondage cowboy thing you've got me going for. It's weird. It's very weird. Now, Apocalypse again, he offers his blood to people. Uh, and that blood will help them with this. Uh, plague that he's unleashed on the world because he wants to now decimate uh, the humans and cull them down to 90% off. So there's just going to be 10% of the people left. He's going to kill the world and those who accept his blood shall be saved and the rest shall perish. Uh, There's a lot of religious allegory or parallelism that you could draw from this to make some points about things, but Peter Milligan's not interested in doing that. No, no, it's all very straightforward, super villainy stuff. Uh, apocalypse just busting through the wall of the UN and addressing the general assembly, which just happens to be sitting there. I forgot about that. He just busts on in. He pulls the Sphinx up over top of the UN building and is just like, yeah, he has a flying Sphinx in this one. Oh my God. It's so dumb. And he's like, Very yeah, bad. by the way, uh, I would kill y'all, but I'm just going to let you guys kill all of yourselves, uh, give you first shot at it, and then uh, I'll check back in with you later. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, um, this one's not good. Hey, there's um, Evangelion in this story, and it's still dumb. Yeah, are you talking about, are you talking about Sentinel Squad 1 and their new Sentinel War Machine robot? Squad O-N-E-1 what? Is this malarkey? Yeah, did you not know about the time that Tony Stark uh, built a bunch of uh, Sentinels that his best friend Rhodey did? You know those genocide, those genocide mechas uh, <laughs> that the government uses to hunt mutants? Tony Stark built a bunch mm-hmm. and was like, hey, uh, James Rhodes. James Rhodey Rhodes, War Machine, would you like to pilot this uh, with a group of some closeted mutants, some open mutants, and some closeted bigots, and some open bigots? 
and that's not gonna end bad, right? These are hand-selected. We definitely did background checks to make sure that the people policing this community who has literally just gone through a genocide, that the people policing them are the most upstanding and definitely not the ones who would be like, yeah, but the, but Scarlet Witch didn't go far enough. <laughs> I mean, all of that just has me shaking my head. Uh, I don't know... Uh, beyond we know that Rhodey's piloting one of these things, it's just shocking to me that there are like full on Evangelion mechs in this story, and yet they're still incredibly boring. And the culmination well, of this story. That's because the mech is not made out of Rhodey's mother. Uh, no, no, that we didn't. There's no uh, psychological uh, underpinnings to this particular version of the, of the characters. Um, it's just it, Big Robot. Yeah, and the backup stories here are just dumb. Like they're 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 giving you the backstory of how each of the horsemen became the horsemen. It's not interesting. The conclusion of the story, which is supposed to be super action packed, really doesn't make a lot of visual sense. No, so Apocalypse it's... jumps into a hole and then he's dead until last year. Yeah. Yeah, he just sort of like goes through this uh this this gaping uh mouth at the center of his sphinx spaceship and disappears i guess yeah uh the celestials kill him or something it's never made clear uh how he's back now has just they just said hey apocalypse is back no it wasn't it wasn't the resurrection uh stuff that Krakoa does don't ask questions you know what? I'm okay with that because this apocalypse, this particular version of apocalypse, is really lame. He's just like you know, kind of doing his muhu haha, uh, Doctor Evil thing in his Sphinx spaceship, and like, I, I think we've talked about this before it, it, that apocalypse's plans for world domination and and survival of the fittest, whatever, it's a real mixed bag on whether any of those plans ever make sense. Hey, Th- this one's just. Like, silly. Hey, Adam, I'm going to ask you this. Oh, here we go. Name one good apocalypse story. Before the, the, the year... Yes, correct. You've done it. Name two. That's it. I don't know. I, I really Age like... of Apocalypse is a good story. Age of Apocalypse is not an apocalypse story. No, it's not about him uh, decimating anything. It's about the universe that created after he took over. So, uh, that is... The inherent flaw in using Apocalypse as your villain is that, you know, like, the stakes are always supposed to be so grand and huge with him, and yet very few uh, writers have ever actually made it work be- after the first round. Like, I-, I don't think it ever really works after Fall of the Mutants. That's why what Teeny Howard is doing with Apocalypse, right, or excuse me, with however you say his name now you know you're human you have to say his name is apocalypse yes apocalypse that's what he would want (laughs) explicitly because it's not it's a long-term like scheme that we don't really know what the i'm assuming uh ten of swords is going to uh to tell us a little bit more about this but um you know, it's not this sort of like Silver Age uh, reveal of this stuff. It just—I don't know. This isn't doing no. much for me. No, it's because it's not good. Uh, is why it's not doing much for you. Uh, that makes sense. It's bad. Uh, Salvador La Roca. We should probably talk about the art. It's Salvador La Roca art from the mid two thousands. You either like it or you don't. I think it's kind of lazy. It's it's fine. I just like there are parts where it works and there are parts where it uh, absolutely does not work. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of panels where like mouths kind of don't match up with faces. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the ending doesn't like visually it's it's almost confusing to know what's happening in the action sequences towards the end. A lot of stuff seems to be happening off panel, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, as a story as a whole, I I don't think it's very successful. Yeah, uh, it's bad. Milligan's whole X-Men run is bad, which is unfortunate because Peter Milligan's an incredibly talented creator whose works I do like. And this is bad. Yeah, I mean, some sympathy for him in following the Austin run. 
Um, and then, of course, the amazing carry run comes right after this. But yeah, hold on. He was following the Austin run. He could have tried since he knew he was following the Austin run to make his good. Yeah. He could have said, we, sure, there were this. This was just bad. I should do it good now. Is it weird, though, that like even this is, uh, you know, pretty this is a good what? How many issues in here? We're, we're this is this last a, arc. Yeah, we're more than a dozen issues in, and it still kind of has that Austin lineup and that Austin like feel to the team, which doesn't seem right. You know, like you'd think he would be doing something different with it, but no. Yeah it it sucks. Uh, that's yeah. the that's the medical term for this. It's it is not the fittest. Uh, no, it is not. Um, so. In terms of ranking, I am looking down in the 300s. Um, yeah, what's three, 300 right now is Judgment War, which... Hmm. <laughs> is this... This is not as good as 296, uh, the Leprechaun Murder Mystery from X- Uncanny X-Men First Class, right? Oh, no. I was going to go way lower. Um, we have Poptopia down at 320, and I don't even i don't even know. Is this as good as Poptopia? It's about exactly where Poptopia should be. <laughs> um, like, I think Wildcats X-Men is more fun than this. I'd rather yeah, read Yeah, you're not wrong. You know? Uh, oof. I don't you know if it's it... as bad as Beauty and the Beast at 321, but... Is it better than Pride and... It's probably better than Pride and Wisdom. Yeah, put it above Beauty and the Beast. Someone talked about that recently, and all I could think about is, oh, I hate that story. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It has some really pretty covers, but... Uh... It has some real pretty covers. It also has Apocalypse's uh, friend, Dr. Doom, his kid. Uh, and his kid sucks. Yeah. It's not yeah, even it's the not... good kid who sucks. It's not great. It's not great. All right, so that that one wasn't so good. Uh, let's talk about one that I think is at least a little more interesting. Uh, it just... has a better pitch. Yes. Uh, and it's probably not as boring. Part of that may be the length. This is X-Men Apocalypse versus Dracula, uh, written by Frank. He'll meet you in a parking lot, Thierry, uh, with pencils by Clayton Henry, uh, inks by Mark oh, Morales. Oh, boy. And despite what the title may uh, tell you, that's not really the uh, the <laughs> central thrust of this story. Like, yeah, you'd think Apocalypse and Dracula would fight a lot more in this four issue miniseries than there, they do. There are these beautiful J. Lee covers that have the two of them, like you know, in some form of battle or one defeating the other on each cover. It never really happens. <laughs> There's like maybe two pages where they fight in the fourth issue. So that's not what this series is about. Zach, it what opens is with this a fight. About? It closes with a fight. So Dracula, y'all know him. Bram Stoker came up with that bad boy. And you know what? It just... I'm sorry. I get mad because Dracula's cool, uh, and this this book isn't. Uh, Dracula's <laughs> mad that Apocalypse killed him once or fought him once uh, back right, when, when he was when just he was Vlad the Impaler. Apocalypse like stepped on him during a battle. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh, sorry, bro. I'm killing all all of your uh, all your friends in the Carpathian Mountains or wherever you're from." I don't know much about uh, Transylvania. <laughs> now that I say that out loud, no, it's Transylvania, right? I think so. Yeah, it's Transylvania sense. in <laughs> Romania. That's where that's where Dracula lives. Yes, uh, that is accurate. That's Dracula's house. Yes, I should know that one. <laughs> it's very famous. Anyway, we we move forward into the eighteen hundred times. Uh, 1897 to be precise and apocalypse is being worshipped by this group called the clan akaba who they're real into having the blood of apocalypse flow through them and the blood of apocalypse unlike that other story where it'll let you not die from uh pestilence and famine in war uh this one just gives you cool tattoos and uh and i guess jaws that can open a far enough for you to bite a man's head off. 
It does, <laughs> on some people, give you minor apocalypse powers. Uh, apocalypse... Everyone remembers that when Apocalypse first appeared, he needed a little bit more time in the oven. Like, yes. his first appearance, he wasn't he wasn't done yet. It took mm-hmm. a bit. That is correct. Uh, this one says, yeah, man, you remember when Apocalypse had silly hammer arms? Like, he was from the video game Arms by the Nintendo Corporation? <laughs> well, we know that Apocalypse has sort of, like, Mr. Fantastic powers to a certain extent. like Kind of, is... but that's dumb and doesn't fit his character at all. It's the least regal power on the most regal dude. Can you, Adam... Can you imagine in in the Crucible? You remember? <laughs> okay. Crucible. Here we go. You remember Crucible? Oh, today. oh, oh! You don't mean uh, the play. You mean the the issue? No, I mean I mean the issue of Jay Hicks. Okay. Uh, yes. And in okay, his issue, the Crucible, where the Apocalypse is standing there in the Coliseum with his big sword in front of Melody Guthrie, the human who has to fight and die for her mutant powers to be reborn. If Apocalypse, in the middle of that, starts going wacky inflatable arm man at a used car dealership <laughs> on her. Well, that is what they want Apocalypse <laughs> to be, based on those very bad X-Factor comics. <laughs> and yeah, he shouldn't so, do that! So all the clan Akaba have that, uh, that ability to, uh, you know, make, I don't know, uh, like... Whatever it is, blades out of their arms or hammers out of their arm or, or unlodge their jaw and bite a guy's head off. They got Stretch off. Armstrong powers, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do appreciate that Apocalypse does have his very, very cool, like, Pharaoh Transformers look in this. But they don't do anything with it because, like, most of this series is just standing around. It's We're just going to, like... around because uh, the inner circle of Klonakaba has this big thing with the Slade family that they're all arguing all the time, uh, and they're boring. Uh, the leader of Klonakaba, Hamilton Slade, decides that he should hang out with Dracula uh, because Dracula and his vampires are going after the Klonakaba, and he's like, well, Apocalypse hasn't done anything for me recently. I'll go hang out with Dracula. And he's a jerk. Uh, which yes. leaves Ozymandias uh, to team up with uh, Frederick Slade, who is uh, brain dead, essentially. He's been lobotomized. Uh, and Jack Starsmore, that's right, Chambers' great-great-great-great-great-granddad who has the exact same powers as him. He can breathe fire. It's pretty fun. <laughs> is it? Hold on. Is it? I think Cause... it's kind of fun. Uh, we're also joined by one and only Van Helsing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abraham Van Helsing's in this one. He seems like uh, the only one him. that really knows what he's doing. You know, he's yeah. got his cross. He's got his holy water. And uh, I, you would he imagine. He doesn't have the repeating crossbow that Hugh Jackman had in the movie no, Van Helsing. Nor does he have the giant silly floppy hat. But uh, that's a good hat, though. <laughs> it's kind of a good hat. You would you would imagine that a story called Apocalypse versus Dracula might feature like horsemen versus vampire armies, and that is not what happens in this story at all. Um, it really is, I think, to a large extent. While it has some interesting qualities to it, it's it's not very interesting. Not much happens. They're standing around talking about how they should fight Dracula and what are they going to do. And Jack Starsmore is like, man, I really want to do some heroin right now, but I can't get any. Uh, And everyone is just boring in it. It's politics about this group that no one cares about. It's Apocalypse kind of being pissed off that they woke him up. He said, I was napping and you guys chose to awaken me. I'm Apocalypse. Let me nap. I need my sleep. Yeah, I guess there's, I don't know. Uh, we were talking about this uh, earlier on Twitter, and and you know, I guess there's some intrigue here because we've got a stars more relative. It's implied that the Ferguson character is maybe a distant relative of Blink somehow. Well, I, he has he has pink hair and he does blink off somebody's head. Right, he has green eyes. Right. Uh, also, people forget Blink's from the Caribbean. I that's I don't. Ugh. Okay. Blink, blinks blinks a very dark dark skinned woman who has pink skin. Huh. Well, anyway. 
so all this ends up with uh, Ozymandias putting Apocalypse back to bed till he can come back, uh, you know, I guess later on during X Factor. And uh, it, like I said, not, not much happens here. You know, it's just everybody walks away. Um, Apocalypse does stab uh, Dracula through the heart and behead him. But, uh, Just right through the heart, and he does behead him. Dracula will be fine. He will come back uh, to be the Marvel Comics Dracula character from the Tomb of Dracula. Yeah. So everybody everybody makes it out of here okay, and uh, frankly, it just... I don't know. I just Just kind of peters out? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted some more. I wanted... I You know, because you remember when we read Curse of the Mutants, I was like, okay, well, there's some fun to be had with, like a horde of vampires attacking, you know, this doesn't have any of that. Yeah. I think like, I'm not a big vampires versus X-Men guy. It's just, it's not my favorite trope. Uh, it kind of bothers me a lot. So I'm already genetically predispositioned to dislike this comic, (laughs) but the fact that, the fact that it's a X-Men versus Vampires comic where the X-Men and the Vampires don't actually fight all that much. Yeah. It's so dumb. At 298, at 298 we have uh X-Men Volume 3 1 to 6, which is Curse of the Mutants. I think that's better. I'd rather read Curse of the Mutants and this is yeah, me talking. I know. Uh I think it's very similar in sort of like not much happening. Uh, and still apocalypse themed as search for Cyclops at 306. Better I'd rather read search for Cyclops again. There you go. I would rather read at 312. I'd rather read IVX again. I think I'd rather read 313, which is X-Men 20 to 21. uh, I'd rather read Wildcats X-Men at 316. (laughs) That Wildcats X-Men seems to do better the more and more you talk about it. It's got that real good first issue and those real okay second and third issues and that real bad fourth issue. Well, is it better or worse than what we just talked about? The Milligan uh, Blood of Apocalypse. It's better, but not much. I think you've highlighted right now 319 Days of Future Present. Yes. I think Days of Future Present is better than this, but Poptopia is worse than it. Perfect. So this is going to be our new 320? This is going to be our new 320. It's X-Men Apocalypse versus Dracula. All right. So let me ask you, because uh, it seemed earlier in this episode that I uh, met my demise um, and oh, I know yeah. we are coming up on a big episode. Any chance that I could get maybe uh, in this, this not, you know, this, this state that I'm in of, of unliving, maybe I could get bit by Dracula or another vampire and maybe like go for some immortality or something. I, I don't know. What are my options here, Zach? Well, first you'd have to, uh, you'd have to meet a vampire and that's the only way uh, that you can't hold on. Adam, Adam. Yeah. Adam's. Is, is someone at is someone at the door? Is, can can you get oh. that? Oh my god! Is someone here? Uh... Hello, Adam. Oh my god! It's, it's a vampire. I. It is <laughs> I, Vlad Krebs. I am Dracula. Oh wow! And I I have heard of your stunning beauty, and I've heard that you. Wow! Thank you, thank you. You. May I come in? I must be invited by the Oh, yeah, please. Come on in. I'm already dead, so... Thank you. Just thank you. Thank might you. as well join me. Adam, what, what's happening over there? I believe please a vampire... Please do not interrupt. I believe please I do not interrupt! <laughs> I have a doctor bidding to be doing here. Because I don't... Give you an offer, Adam. Oh, this sounds exciting. Will you choose to be... My undead thrall, cursed to walk in the day no more, and be vampire! Yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. Junk. Oh my god! Rise, rise, my servant. Wow, I must be going now! (laughs) Because you have to end the show. Oh my goodness. See see you later. Adam. Adam wow. I'm, I'm sorry. It I, I I felt like I was under some sort of trance. I couldn't speak, but I saw everything that happened. Are you okay? Yeah, I mean a vampire came in and, and made me into a vampire and flew away on his bat wings. So uh 
I guess I'm I guess I'm gonna live forever. Just not How see are we the gonna daylight. solve this? Adam, you can't be a vampire. <laughs> can't? Why not? We record at night. <laughs> this is true. There aren't any conventions anymore. <laughs> this is true. I, it is possible that all of us are just essentially living in coffins in rooms with all of the curtains pulled for the rest of our lives because this is the Rona times, guys. I mean, legitimately, I don't know if I really want to continue to be a vampire, so maybe someday that can be resolved. But uh, we'll I don't work think, on it. Yeah, I don't think tonight I'm going to get that. So we'll just leave with me being uh, part of the living undead. <laughs> You're going to have to. Hey, uh, do you know who I don't think is part of the living undead? Who's that? I, I don't think Will is. Because Will uh, made us talk about Apocalypse in all of his wonderful forms. Uh, in so many ways, Will's responsible for you becoming a vampire, Adam. Man, I would say thanks, Will, but no thanks. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to find a whole new food supply now. Oh uh, no! You're gonna have that whole thing where you sparkle when it's in the sunshine. That's uh, it's gonna. It, yeah, I mean that that part that part might be interesting. You're gonna have to watch everyone you know and love uh, get older while you stay the same age. Uh, so oh, that's I don't gonna like be. That. Well, yeah, you're going to have to keep that to... mustache forever, though. We're going to have to fix this. The mustache could stay, but I don't like this other part with the dying stuff. All right. <laughs> uh, if you want to be like Will and transform one of us into a demonic child of the night, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. That's at the $50 a month level to do that. I'm just kidding. We don't have that Patreon tier yet. Uh, but if you want to throw money our way, we will put an episode out about one of your suggestions. Or at the $5 a month level or higher, you get early access to every episode and you get a vote on the other stories that we cover in a given episode. Uh, So if you want to loosely be on theme and make us talk about some ridiculous stuff like the Blood of Apocalypse, well, you know what? You can do that. If you can't right now, it's okay. Uh, We're here for you. We have a long list. We are... We, one of us is now immortal, so Adam has to do the show forever. But that also gives Adam a lot of time for his social medias. So, Adam, where can the folks find you? Guys, from now until eternity, you can find me at Arthur Stacy on Twitter. <laughs> and what are we doing next week, Zach? Um, next week, we are going to talk about... We're going to talk about some ends and some beginnings as, as X-Force... As X Force and Cable, they go down and they go down a new road, uh, with new friends and new experiences. And guys, until then, I'm still at Xavier Files, and XavierFiles.com is where you can find all the latest and greatest in X Men news. Uh, comics are back, baby. So we're talking about comics now, again, which is fun. Uh, I will also be researching the cure for vampirism. At oh, Xavier you. Files uh, to help out my good friend Adam here. <laughs> uh, and together we will beat this disease uh, that is causing the undead to walk the earth. Oh, no. um, but until we figure that out, uh, this has been Battle of the Atom, and at least one of us survived the experience. <laughs>